25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to him. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Here we go. Hour number two, off and running, underway on a Wednesday. Hope you're doing well. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's Farm Bureau Insurance. We stay connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, where they are customer-inspired. It may be hour number two of the show, but I still have plenty of coffee in the thermos from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Highpointroasters.com. Get yours there. Order it. They'll deliver it. It's outstanding uh, stuff. And that means I'm perked up and ready to go. You you get the uh, pun there. I'm perked up and ready to go. When's the last time you had coffee out of a percolator? Roger, you. I mean, well, well I, I don't drink coffee, but I, last time I remember was back in the uh, early '80s. That, yeah, they, that used to be though the sound that would wake you up every morning. Be the, the coffee would be percolating, uh-huh. making that little burbling noise and the yep. smell. <laughs> Even <laughs> I didn't drink it. I love to smell that and bacon. Mm-hmm. In you the remember that old classic? What was it? Folgers commercial, and that's how it started. It was a close up of the top of that percolator. Percolator. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember that. Yeah. Or that that are Folgers or Maxwell House, one of those two. And I, I used to, um, so so my granddad, who was the mayor of Maples, Maplesville, Alabama, he's from Maplesville. His name's uh, Billy Dennis. He passed away in 1989, I believe. And uh, he was a World War II veteran, and uh, became the mayor of his hometown, and. Uh, it, People remembered this, even you know friends who knew him that are still alive. Uh, obviously, family members knew this. You'd say, they'd say, "Hey, Billy, how you doing?" And he'd say, "I'm great. I'm drinking from the saucer." And that was to mean uh, that his cup runneth over. Because see, back oh, in the day, okay. everybody at breakfast is you had a cup, coffee cup, but it sat over in a saucer in case you spilled it. And so if your cup runneth over, then it, the saucer would catch it. He'd say, I'm drinking from the saucer. And I've heard that used applied to the legislature and the Senate, the Senate being the saucer mm. and the legislature, the, the I cup. I see. Okay. Yeah. That's neat. Makes sense. My dad has commented how he used to, he couldn't believe it, how my, my granddad, Mr., uh, Billy Dennis, he would drink coffee when it was just about boiling, like the coffee would almost just basically be boiling hot, and he'd gulp it down. <laughs> he just had a, he liked it. The hotter, the better. 
get it boiling, and then we'll drink that. Warm up the inside. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. That's what coffee does for me. And my daughter, who's eight years old, is becoming, she's very health conscious. Like she only drinks water and she uh, eats very healthy. She loves it that way. And and she's eight and she's starting to tell me uh, the last couple of weeks. And I think she and my wife have been talking about how, hey, daddy needs to be more healthy. You know, he needs to eat more healthy and drink. Double teaming has begun. It has. Because the other day I said, Annabeth goes, where are you going? I said, I'm headed to the gas station. She said, for what? I said, I'm getting some chicken. <laughs> she gas said, station chicken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, Roger. And, and, she, and Annabeth said, you don't need that. You can't have, I mean, almost in this tone, Roger, she goes, you can't have gas station chicken every day. It's not good for you. I keep telling myself that, Matt. <laughs> it ain't working. It's so easy. It's so easy. They got better chicken on a stick than any restaurant. It's the one so down good. the street and, here. You gotta <laughs> And I mean you can practically walk up and tell them which chicken strips you want. I want that one and that one and that one. Don't give me that little one. I want this one right here. You know what I mean? And so anyway, she's on that. And then my daughter says to me the other day, Daddy, why do you drink so much coffee? You know, we start this conversation. And then yesterday when I picked my daughter up from school, I had a, a diet soda you know sitting up there with me and she says daddy did you know that diet drinks have fake sugar in them and it's actually worse for you than real sugar they uh, teach you that in your little communist elementary <laughs> school <laughs> how dare you this, this diet soda is working wonders on my figure mm. okay and then last story and then i'm coming to warren on the uh Divinity Equipment phone. Roger, you know how Facebook pops up the, you posted this three years ago today. You know, the reminders of what you posted on this day years ago. <laughs> today was a, a thing I posted in 2014. My daughter would have been three years old. And I was taking her to daycare. And it was a conversation we had. I remember I posted it on Facebook. But the conversation went like this. She said, Daddy, I have two pumpkins. And I said, oh, that's good. If I gave you one more pumpkin, how many would you have? She said, three. I said, okay, what if I took one pumpkin away? How many would you have? And there was a pause. And she said, daddy, I don't want you to take one of my pumpkins away. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, oh, no, baby, no, no. I'm not taking one of your pumpkins away. She didn't understand this <clears throat> hypothetical business. That's right, this hypothetical. Yeah. Hey, don't be touching my pumpkins. <laughs> I'm proud of them. Pretty so, smart attitude. She needs to maintain that in mm-hmm. all her dealings with politicians. Absolutely. She needs to maintain that attitude. That, That's my view toward Washington. I don't want you to take my pumpkin. <laughs> what was the quote from, um, oh, um, oh, shoot. Winston Churchill, well, he's the one who said, I find myself paying less attention to what anybody says and just paying attention to what they actually do. <laughs> I, oh, remind, I remind me of another one that he, that somebody said today. I just happened to be listening, and they said, uh, if you have enemies, that's good. Because it means at least one time in your life you stood for something. You stood, yeah. He said it much more the country uh, song and without the stutter. Yeah, the country song. You got to stand for something, or you'll fall for anything. Aaron Tippin. Aaron I remember Tippin. when I met Aaron Tippin. 
Oh. I remember the first time I met Aaron Tippin. Yeah, I remember Aaron Tippin as the country singer with the big, huge biceps who skipped. Oh, God, he worked out like you would believe. Well, and he had to skip leg day because he had little skinny twig legs. He did. And, you know, and little skinny twig legs, and he had a huge upper body like a cartoon character. Okay, enough of that. Let's go. Let's but go. you tell him, okay? Okay, yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to tell him anything. Okay, Warren. Get us back on track, Warren, on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up? Hey, which one of you guys would be the worst person working for Jerry Jones out of Bo Bound, Roger, yourself, Jake Wimberly, and Brooks? Okay, and, and when you say the worst person working for Jerry Jones, as in like coaching or just or just saying we couldn't get along? Maybe his, maybe his assistant and could not get along with Jerry. Yeah. Well, I've already had a lot of practice. I've worked with Bo for many years. Yeah, uh, I think I would be fine with Jerry. Okay, you see, would. Yeah, here's what I think, Warren. I deal with large egos. You know, some of them are earned. Some of them, are, you know. Warren, I think that Bo, while it, you would think that, while you would look at it, oh, and he'd go, do fine. Yeah. Well, see, you say that, Roger. You say, oh, Bo would do fine because look, you know, Bo he hangs out with a lot of wealthy people, understands yeah. that world, has a yeah. business mind. But see, I think therefore he's a lot like Jerry Jones. And a lot of times you get two people together who are a lot alike, they can't stand each other. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I am in no way like Jerry Jones, in no way at all, except we both have Southern accents. We both come from the South and we both played college football. And I think he yeah, would, he's an Arkansas grad. He's an Arkansas guy. And I think I wouldn't care one bit about anything that Jerry has to say about business. I don't care. I don't want to hear it, all that kind of stuff. So we probably could get along being around each other, honestly. His money. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, you know, if he tells you to do something and you think it's completely reversed of what the football team needs, yeah. you'd be coming home in a bad mood. Yeah, that's true. So you would need a lot more money than working just for like a regular business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I I have been very, very critical of, of Jerry Jones in the past. They've done a lot of things. I felt like he did a lot of things that, you know, kept them from becoming that Super Bowl team again. A lot of it, a lot like of it. Well, yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is um, the Cowboys are the hardest team to evaluate year in and year out because they are the Cowboys, and everybody a lot of times it gives them – there's never an accurate amount of praise or criticism. It's always overboard. The criticism is always right. overboard, and the praise is always overboard. It's like a lot of the criticism for Dak is overboard. Okay, Then a lot of people will talk about, oh, they've got the best offensive line in the NFL. Well, that's overboard. They don't. They may be some of the most highest, you know, the, the highest paid. I mean, and they're good when, you know, Tyron – What's his name? The Tyron Smith, the tackle two, three years ago. He's great. Well, you know, right now he's okay. He's always banged up. You know, Mar- Martin and Frederick and Collins on that line. They've had times where they've been really good, but right now they're all just average. You know, watch him against watch him against New Orleans. New Orleans chewed that offensive line up and spit them out. And then some yep, of these exactly. mushy some of these mushy headed talking heads then the very next week. They come out and they say, "Oh, Dallas has got the best offensive line, or one of the best." No, they don't. Watch the tape. 
The tape tells you they don't. You, you Watch. I'll give you a homework. Anybody that has time or wants to do it, I'll give you some football homework, Warren, is watch about one quarter. You can find it on YouTube without commercials. Watch about one quarter of Dallas versus New Orleans and pay attention to the Dallas oh, offensive yeah. line. And then watch about one quarter of the San Francisco 49ers versus the Browns and watch the 49ers oh, yeah. offensive line. They're surprising me this year. Yeah. I mean, and they're right. running. Well, could you all have fun with this today? Oh, yeah, uh, sure Could you all ask some of the people that uh, call in how much money they would have to have to go to work for Jerry? <laughs> yeah, we'll do that, Warren. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate uh, you. Maybe Gator Man, you know. <laughs> Gator Man. And, and we need right. to put out a, a notice here for Gator Man to call back because I made him hang on too long yesterday and we lost him and he hadn't called me back, so it's my fault. So call yeah. us back, Gator Man. Warren, thanks for the call, buddy. Yeah, you know, we, we have we have a phrase for that. Ben and I said you you wienered two callers yesterday. I did. You left them on the line. I wienered them. Now, I don't like that phrase, by the way. It's just way too much. Oh so. yeah, could, some visuals there. Um, <laughs> the thing about Dallas, though, that I always find so interesting is, you know, people criticize their play. Maybe they're by far aren't the best team out there, mm-hmm. but they're consistently the most uh, valuable franchise right. in the NFL. Right. I mean, they're a, a billion four dollars ahead of uh, their closest competitor, which is the Patriots. Man, I'm telling you, those silver helmets with the star on it—it it is like building a brand one on one. That's what they ought to be studying at every marketing school in in the country marketing class. They are the Yankees, except more valuable. It, it's incredible what he's done from a purely business standpoint. And all these national talk shows, this is what they know. They're the most valuable. They're the most popular to love or hate one or the other. So even during the offseason, these national shows, Roger, all they got to do is bring up the Cowboys. How could you hate the Cowboys when you have the Patriots? (laughs) That's a great question. I ask that myself. And why in the world expletives deleted? Yeah. Are the New York Giants worth $3.9 million at number three? Yeah. Why are they? Because they're in New yeah. York. Yeah, there you go. You know, in that big Location, market. location, location. That's it. It's like real estate. All right, here's some texts that are interesting. Let me see what we can get to here. Um, unnamed texture. In my opinion, the worst thing Dan did was to start winning against Ole Miss. Yeah, he threw a little extra fire to the flame, but when he started beating Ole Miss – their cheating got worse to compensate and keep up and win versus state. That's one thing if you do go back and look. Uh, Ole Miss always out-recruited Mississippi State according to the rankings, numbers of four stars, number of five stars, uh, team rankings every year. Ole Miss always out-recruited State. Uh, but State won a bunch of those games and had just as much, if not more, success uh, during that time. Um. Let's see. Matt, you were correct on my error prediction that Auburn about Auburn, Florida, Florida stepped up. And their defense certainly did uh, step up. QB1 says, if there's any chance of redshirt Schrader, I say let's do it and start Tommy. You know, he's already played in four games. He's not redshirting this year. That's out. Um, Bulldog Barney asks, Matt, if you're allegedly uh, a defensive guru, talking about Shoop, do you stick to your scheme that you normally use, regardless of personnel, or do you figure out a scheme that best fits your personnel? 
since the defense is not doing well against the run, what would you change? Well, the first thing I would change is I'd get Willie Gay on the field. Well, it's hard to do, isn't it? And I think we'll see him this weekend. You know, the other thing is there's only so many ways you can line up guys on defense. When you're playing, you know, zone pass coverage, there are only so many guys. <laughs> I mean, that I can get on the line of scrimmage. <laughs> And if they happen to run the ball, we got to have four guys who can get in a gap and somebody penetrate and foul up the run game. Because if a defensive front is only physical enough to step into a block and stand there, then that offense is going to run the ball on you all day. If that's all, defensive front, defensive line play, you have to be man enough to move bodies into places that those bodies don't want to go. That's what it is. You say, well, you're oversimplifying it, Matt. Nope. No, I'm not. Yeah, you got responsibilities. You got twist calls and all this. But the name of the game on a defensive front is you must be big enough, strong enough, man enough to step into a blocker or two and move them out of the way. Move them into a gap they're trying to keep you out of. Move them into a backfield that they are trying to keep you out of. That's how big and strong you got to be. And if you, any defensive line, if all you're doing is, well, I'm supposed to be in that gap. I step in the gap, I take on the block. If that's all you're doing, guess what? Yards galore. You got to be a grown blank man to play winning defense on a defensive line. And that's why defensive ends, pass rushers, but defensive tackles are such a premium in the NFL. All right. Hey, Matt, have you ever had a cup of High Point Roasters from an AeroPress coffee maker? If not, you got to check it out. I've tried it every way. It's the best. What I do is I just use an old-fashioned French press. I grind the beans up every morning. It makes the loudest noise. I bet my neighbors can hear it, but I still do it. From Van Dog 21 Hey, Matt, this cool weather and your video of that 10-pounder you caught has me itching to get them after this weekend, before the game, of course. I have a great contact for you on some awesome lures. Hit me up, Van Dog. Send me, uh, text me an email address, and I'll email you, and I'm all about trying out new lures. Roger, did you see the video I posted? I didn't. I got to, got to check out your okay. it's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. That'll be even easier. Oh, so check Twitter. it out. I posted it, and it just says flashback. It is a flashback to a fish that I caught two years ago in 2017. I made a video of it. I was uh, using 14-pound line, fishing from the bank in some lily pads on a rainy, rainy day, using a um, Zoom baby brush hog, a quarter-ounce weight, you know, worm weight, had it, uh, what do you call, Texas rigged with a three-aught hook from Gamagatsu on a Zoom baby brush hog and caught the biggest largemouth bass I've ever caught. I didn't have a scale with me. It easily weighed 10, could have weighed more. Shot the whole thing with a GoPro and a little phone footage on there, so some of it's warped, you can, but when you really see it, like a, you've seen the size of my feet, right, Roger? When I, You know, I got really large feet. And next to one of my feet, which is a size 15 boot, this thing is twice as long as my foot. <laughs> Tell me you didn't throw it back. Oh, yeah, I threw it back. 
Why? She was full of eggs, and uh, I wanted to give her. It was pre-spawn. I wanted to give her a chance to get out there and lay her all eggs. All right, all right. Plus, man, I was a good three hundred yards from the truck, and and there's other people around there, and I didn't want them to see me hoisting and hauling around some big ten-pound lunker, and then go straight back to my fishing spot. So there's okay. a little there's a little gameplay involved. I in got it. you. I got you. On Jerry Jones, Hog Jowl says. Jerry is really a level-headed guy and very gracious. You'd never know he's a billionaire talking with him. Yeah, I can sense that. I can sense it. Let's see. Talk about being average. Cowboys head coach is their problem. He's the leader that's not. He says, been there with poor results way too long. Mac on the text line says, uh, Matt, Extremely disingenuous of you to say the Ole Miss that Ole Miss increased increased their cheating in order to beat State. Very disappointed. Thought more of your. Well, first of all, Mac, I didn't say it. I was reading a text. Do you realize that? That's the honest to God truth. Look, I can scroll down here and find it for you. Yeah, you didn't say that. Twelve forty six p.m. You just said they out recruited them. That's what I said. Yeah. 12.46 p.m., I'm reading a text from somebody here that says, uh, their cheating got worse to compensate and keep up and win versus State. I read it. What I said was, during all that time, State was winning in some cases more than Ole Miss was, but Ole Miss always out-recruited them. Mac, don't be a radio listener who hears things that you didn't hear. So you don't have to apologize at all. You don't have to. I don't expect that. You can call me, text me anytime. You just misheard something on the radio but that's what we'll chalk it up to i don't blame him for being irritated but you didn't say it right i'd be irritated too but yeah we were reading it not saying it all right rolling along stick around you're listening to the matt wyatt show Good gracious alive. On Twitter, Jason listening to the show in Flagstaff, Arizona, we were talking about the weather, not only here, cooling off and it feels good outside, but we're wanting a lot of rain so that we can get this burn ban lifted so we can go build our campfires and roast marshmallows and all that kind of stuff. But we got to have some rain before we can do it. We're still under a statewide burn ban. And, of course, the forecast in Knoxville, for instance, this weekend, uh, high in the 60s. Is that what we looked at? Yeah. I think it was uh, a high in the 60s on Saturday with a 50% chance of rain, a low of 44. So, you know, you go to – when we go to Neyland Stadium, which will be, for me, it'll be about 5 a.m., 6 a.m., it's going to be cold. 62 overnight. Overnight Saturday night, low of 44. High of 65, 50% chance of rain. What about Como? Where the uh, Ole Miss folks are going to go. Let's see. Columbia, Missouri. What's that going to look like on Saturday? Probably about the same as, as Knoxville. Who? Look at this. Good gracious alive. In Columbia, Missouri, tomorrow. It'll be chilly. Thursday, they are looking for 90% chance of rain. It's only it's getting up to 72. The high temperature in columbia missouri on friday is 48 degrees 
But Saturday, it's going to be sunny and Saturday. No chance of rain on Saturday, but a high of 60 and a low of 42 with a wind coming out of the southwest at 14 miles an hour. So if you go, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you go to the Ole Miss-Missouri game, I mean, it's you better bundle up. But on, the, on my Twitter feed, Jason, who lives in Flagstaff, Arizona, he says the high is 52. They're going to have a low of 20 degrees in Flagstaff, Arizona <laughs> on I always Friday think of night. them being hot. Yeah. He, he tweeted, Roger, he said, we skipped the cooler weather and went straight to butt cold out here. <laughs> All right. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, Joey. On the line. What's up, Joey? Hey, Matt. The, the biggest fish I ever caught was about a 15-pound bass on accident. Mm. 15 pounds? I, yeah. It was it was accident. I It was in a little private lake outside of Meridian, and I, I threw my lure out there. And I, I was rigging a brim pole because we'd been catching brim, and there's 50 <laughs> at the time or whatever. Right. And so my my lure just floating around out there, just hanging out. And I looked up, and I had to step on the pole because that fish was about to take it in the lake. <laughs> and That's uh, great. so I guess it just caught the the you know kind of a Texas rig worm, mm-hmm. old green, green black and green worm. That's my favorite. Yeah, boy. And it was just thinking, I I caught that big old fish, so it was kind of funny. But I, 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 t- I tell you why Florida is going to beat LSU, Matt. Why I think it's going to happen. Okay. One, I think they're the better football team. Uh, I certainly, I don't think I know beyond reason. I mean, I've got some irrational Louisiana people that I love to death. I don't want to upset them because I like their cooking too much. <laughs> um, but they think their coach is great and their coach is average and Dan Mullen is Certainly not average. Chris Brooks said he wasn't national championship caliber coach. Well, Chris Brooks needs personally write Coach Mullen an apology. I mean, he taunted. He said that for years, and he's just how wrong he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and LSU's got to play Auburn, and Auburn is a mad, hungry football team. Now they're without their best running back, so I could catch up with them again. But they're mad and they're hungry and they got to play a physical football game. And I think it just lines up kind of like, you know, LSU has rarely lost in that place at night. I know that. But who was the last coach to go down there and hand them one of those yeah, that night? that's right. It was Dan, wasn't it, 2014? And he's kind of had their number. Mm-hmm. And so – uh I just, I, I think they're going to, I mean, yeah, I'm a Florida fan, uh, but, but I don't get over emotional about it. I just, I just like Florida football and I spent some time on the campus and, yeah. and, uh, well, think about this, you know, Joey. Some classes I took. Think about this. Um, it is a very clear case where, you know, the, the, the units of each team that are not on the field at the same time. Look at it like this, okay? It's very clear. LSU's offense is better than Florida's offense, period. All day. As of today, yeah. Well, and we'll see. I mean, but like I say, I mean, to this point, it's not close. And one team's got its starting quarterback. The other one doesn't. This whole thing. Um, 
Florida's offensive line at times this year has been downright bad. I mean, prior to them hitting a home All run right. two against Florida, I mean against Auburn, which nobody really saw that coming, prior to hitting a couple of home runs in the run game, that was a run game that was averaging like, what, two yards of carry at times? I guess when I say two yards of carry, two yards of carry um, before contact, which is one thing is deep dive stats, which tells you how much space are you getting your running back before he gets hit by somebody, right? Like they had very little space. He's getting hit a lot. So let me back up. LSU's offense is better than Florida's offense, whereas – Florida's defense is light years better than LSU's defense. That's that's true, and you know, but I just I think Florida's going to shock the world with that win. You know, and and Jake Wimberly says that they can't beat Georgia. Well, I mean, how many times has Florida beat Georgia when Georgia was the better football team in the last twenty years? Yeah, I tell you, I'll put it this way. Now, you bring up a good point here, okay? And this is something that this Saturday against LSU is either going to shut this conversation down for the time being or it's going to really ramp it up. Let me put it to you this way. If Dan Mullen takes Florida into LSU and comes out of there with a win somehow, ugly or not, then all of a sudden we're all going to turn the clock over to when Florida plays Georgia. And we're going to look at that game. And Georgia – has been recruiting, frankly, at a pace the last three years that only Alabama can sort of compare to in terms of the numbers of four- and five-star recruits that they are stacking up at Georgia. Only only Alabama compares to it. And so in a lot of the evaluation, what I've been saying is, listen, I mean, at Florida, it's going to be a while for, before Florida beats Georgia because of the way Georgia recruits. Well, look. I'm with you. There have been times this year where Georgia did not look like an unbeatable machine. And if this Florida bunch with Dan Mullen in year two were to beat LSU and Georgia this year, it's coaching job of the of, of the of the last 20 years. Well, here's why I say they can beat Georgia. To say that Florida can't do for 60 minutes what Tennessee did for 22 is asinine. You're right about that. I can't argue that at all. I mean, if Florida is three times better than Tennessee, would we not agree? Yes. So that means whatever they can do for two minutes, Florida can do for six. I mean, that's just, you know, when we get down to the analytics of it, I'm I'm taking the emotion and logistics out of it. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Everybody's predicting that Florida's going to go into Baton Rouge and just get ran off the field and lose by 20. And, and be embarrassed and, and all this other stuff. So if the game finishes something like 34-28 or something like that, then you still got to respect where Florida's at because you expect them to get creamed. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, that's, that's I can guarantee you that's just not going to happen. If you get, I tell you what, I don't gamble on college football because I'd rather gamble on rocks uh, falling from the sky. But um, – or rain coming from the ground, but I can tell you this: if you if you take LSU and give up points, you deserve a divorce because you don't love your family. <laughs> Good call, Joey. We got a split. Thanks for the phone call, man. Call right, me man. anytime. That's Joey on the Divinity phone. I enjoyed that. And you don't love your family if you do that. If you bet on LSU, don't take the points. <laughs>
That's a unique way of putting it. <laughs> it sure is. Rain coming up from the ground. That sounds like Forrest Gump. All right. Little ways to go. Y'all stay with me in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Give me a call on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. That's a 601 number. Uh, you can also text the show, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. That's also a 601 number. Text away or give me a call. So we had Joey's call a minute ago. He likes Florida to beat LSU. I picked LSU earlier in the week. I'll stick with it. LSU 31, Florida 17. It says that last caller needs to lay off the backwoods moonshine. It's a text on the text line. <laughs> that gets me every time. Laughter's contagious. That last caller needs to lay off the backwoods moonshine. Florida's offensive line is hot garbage. Going against a defense that all 11 starters will be playing on Sundays. Thing is, all of all 11 of Florida's starters on defense might be playing on Sundays also. Um, I think Florida's defense better than LSU's defense. I know those two units aren't on the field at the same time. I get the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I guess, you know, what I see in it is home advantage for LSU at night. LSU has an offense. I'm not sure it's the same sort of matchup for Florida's defense the way Auburn's offense was. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. Auburn's offense run the ball, right? We're going to run the ball and play action off of that. We're going to RPO. The pass game is going to consist of a few shots down the field, but it's going to be safe throws. We're really not going to get the ball out of your hands quickly. They're taking a few shots. But really, it's just dependent on the run game. Well, LSU's offense is not dependent on the run game. And they throw the ball down the field. They throw it quickly. It gets out of the hands of the quarterback quickly and accurately. LSU will complete a lot of passes in this game. And the biggest strength of Florida's defense, and they're good, but the biggest strength of their defense is pressure on opposing quarterback sacks, pressure at the line of scrimmage, defensive front guys, strength of their defense. And you uh, you sort of nullify them on a lot of plays when quarterback catches the ball and it's gone just as soon as he catches it. And they do that a lot in that LSU offense. So I think you nullify some of the advantage for Florida. Florida goes on the road, big emotional win last week. Now you hit the road. I I just think I see advantage uh, LSU. I think Florida has the team, though, to hang in there for three and a half quarters. Kevin... What, what happened 26 years ago? I don't know what that's in regards to. That might be for someone else, that particular text. All right, here we go. Text line. Jason Garrett became the Dallas Cowboys head coach towards the end of the 2000 season. This is his ninth full season with a total of two playoff wins. Even the great Tom Landry would have been let go before now. Why does Jerry like Jason so much? Yeah, I don't know. Um, to whomever you are, whomever you are, 
Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to pull up my past tweets. I had some stats that I tweeted out yesterday. I got curious about something. And so I tweeted it. I'm going to retweet that right now. Boom, there it goes. And so it should be recent. If you follow me on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt, you will uh, see it. And then, and then one more to go with it. There's two tweets in this little thread here. Okay, so let me give you uh, the first of it. I looked up, and then I'm coming to John. I looked up when they lose, how lopsided are the losses for these four NFL coaches? Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, and Sean Payton, largely considered the best three coaches in the NFL, compared to Jason Garrett. Now, you can go unfair comparison. Well, they're all coaches. There's 32 teams. They're all pro coaches. It's the highest level of football you can go. All 32 of them are supposed to be comparable to each other. But Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, largely considered best coaches in the NFL compared to Jason Garrett. How lopsided are their losses going back to 2017? Because to me, a coach, I can tell a lot by how consistently you have your team ready to play Week in, week out, by looking at even the games you lost, were you in those games? Or do you have these roller coasters where you're just getting blown out every now and then, inexplicably, or not showing up? That's coaching. That's coaching. Everybody has talent in the NFL. The good teams obviously have talent. But it's coaching that tells me, like, if I look at their losses and their losses are close, that's coaching. And also, if I look at their losses and they're getting blown out, that's also coaching. Andy Reid for the Chiefs. Since 2017, 11 losses by an average of 5.1 points. Bill Belichick, same time frame, 9 losses by an average of 10 points. Sean Payton. 11 losses, same time frame, same number as Andy Reid, by an average of 8.9 points. And Jason Garrett, same time frame, 16 losses by an average of 12.1. So Bill Belichick has the fewest losses since 2017, nine. Reid and Peyton, Chiefs and Saints have 11. But Bill Belichick... In those nine losses, they lose by 10 points average. Andy Reid is incredible. Most underrated. People in NFL circles know how good he is, how good he's been for the Chiefs. Since 2017, 11 losses by an average of five points per loss. He's been in every game they've played year after year after year. But hands down, the most losses for Jason Garrett in the same time frame since 2017, and hands down, a huge margin. In those 16 losses, an average of losing by 12 points a game compared to only five points per loss for Andy Reid. Tells you a lot about coaching. John on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, John? Hey, Matt. Hey, man. I'm just wondering, did you catch that yesterday with Jake? I did. 
a uh, Sueto offensive coordinator is what you know the guy from the Saints is. <laughs> we did we did catch it, and I didn't want to call him out live and mess up his train of thought, but we caught it. And Roger being Roger being what he is, he immediately got the sound clip of it like five minutes later. He needs yeah um, pyrotechnics. <laughs> he said, for those who right now are, are lost on this. Roger's going to play it for you again, but instead of saying pseudo offensive coordinators like P S U E D O pseudo, he called it Suedo. A uh, Suedo offensive coordinator is what you know, the guy from the Saints yeah. is. Oh, it's great! It's the most Jake thing ever, and I can't thank him enough for doing that on our show. Well, I told I told Roger when I called him, I said he's got to be doing that on purpose, right? Because I mean, no, I don't not think like he is. I don't think he's reading. It's like he's reading copy or something. Everybody does that, sees the word, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I guess he just—he's so much a numbers guy. Words don't come so well to him or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, in fairness to Jake, I'll admit my worst one on the air ever was a song called "Chariots of Fire," which I confidently backsold as there was Vangelis with "Chariots of Fire." Ah, uh, right. yes. But, but instead of Vangelis, <laughs> I said. Bangalay. <laughs> <laughs> the worst one I ever did, John, was uh, at some point I was like, I think I was reading something many years ago on the radio, like a text or an email or something. And the term that was used in there was um, the lunatic fringe. <laughs> I can't and, wait to hear this. Uh, you know, it's the so-and-so lunatic fringe, whatever. And I'm just ran, I'm just buzzing through reading this. And I said, Lunatic fringe <laughs> on the radio. Completely conceivable pronunciation. It's not the correct. Well, <laughs> right. I said lunatic fringe, and then afterwards, somebody looked at me and said, "Did you uh, mean to say that?" And then I played it off. I totally told a lie. I just lied outright, outright, just to kind of like forego the embarrassment. Yeah, I sure did. It was just terrible <laughs> all the way around. I shouldn't have done either one. Yeah, well, you know, everybody's done that, too, with the whole thing with, you know, you think you know a line in a song, and it's completely different. Oh, it's great. Hey, you know this song. There's um, a bathroom on the right. Yeah, there's a bathroom on the right. John, you know this song that's popular right now, or it was a few months ago, um, the Old Town Road, kind of the hip-hop rap song. Song of the year, yeah. Yeah, Old Town Road. No, I wouldn't know that one. If you look it up, there's a line (laughs) in the song there. Where Billy Ray Cyrus uh, has a line in there, and he he says the Marlboro Man something another, and my daughter hears that and she swears and she she turns it into he says guacamole. So when she sings the song, she, my daughter who's eight, she sings the song. He says, you know, I got some guacamole over here, so kick on back. But somewhere in there, it's not. He doesn't say guacamole, but she's convinced that he does. So yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, it, it might be song of the year, but it can't be five pounds of possum. It is not as good as five pounds of possum. I can promise you that. Thanks, John. Talk to you later. All right. All right, buddy. Uh, Bulldog Barney on the text line. Who dang do you realize if the Gators went out over LSU and Georgia in the SEC championship game, Mullen will have to wear a helmet to keep his head from swelling up? Is that what you're saying, Barney? Ernest T., Said y'all don't make Bo's head get any bigger. Um, I like that last fractured lyric at the top there. Instead of a bathroom on the <laughs> oh, that, that, the ones that you said guacamole. I've got two chickens to paralyze. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on out with that one. Appreciate it. Y'all stick around. We'll see you tomorrow. See you.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. 